Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 162, The Hidden Ones, Fiery Trial. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. I suspect this last couple of episodes we've been talking about things nobody wants us to know. <laughs> right? We lost a bunch of subscribers. <laughs> yeah, Too we, controversial. Hopefully uh, you guys are understanding the spirit of which we mean. By, by no means are we trying to tell you to... Um, take sides and dig your feet in mm-hmm. about Israel. Yeah. We're just trying to get you to consider that there might be a biblical alternative to what we should use to interpret the events that are going on, so. including Israel itself. Um, it is our belief that all nations are being run by the God of this world and that God right now, uh, it doesn't appear to me that we are actively involved in uh, he is not actively involved in dealing with his people, Israel. It seems like yeah. there's got to be something that has to happen mm-hmm. before he will. Yeah. So these events um, are obviously culminating to something what looks to me like a potential third world war. Yeah. Um, and as we stated last week, it wouldn't surprise us if by the time this airs, a third front might open up or or uh, large missiles have been launched and yeah. the United States is now involved. We know that... Uh, active duty personnel are on standby or, or have mm-hmm. been deployed. And more than anything else, we know that we're not being told the truth. Yeah. So we're basing this series essentially on us trying to encourage you to not be manipulated mm-hmm. by the satanic global elites, media propaganda, to divide us between pro-Palestinian, anti-Palestinian, pro-Israel, anti-Israel. Yeah. And to understand that there's another story that's not being told because mm-hmm. they never sell, tell the truth. Yeah. They're always about trying to pit us one against each other. And what we're going to discuss today will be the third installment and the final installment of our series on the hidden ones, John. Okay. We're going to focus on the fiery trial that tribulation believers, predominantly Israel, are going to go through. And therefore, it would make sense that if Israel is going to be the nation of God and the people of God again. It's going to be more of a sudden appearance, a born in a day, as we saw in Isaiah 66, as okay. a nation born in a day. I don't believe that took place in 1948. I believe it's going to take place through some sort of a supernatural means. Hmm. So before we dive into all that, John, let's welcome our latest subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode was brought to us by our premium subscri- subscribers that we call our Seekers, and they are Sharla C. Adam G, Marianne O, Lisa G, and Daniel L, all of which came to us in May of this year. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you guys aboard. Thank you. You know, it's kind of funny. As we as we gain one, we lose one. There's a lot of attrition, uh-huh. and they trickle in, and they kind of trickle out too. But our hope is that we can gain more than we lose. Yeah, and, it's about getting uh, the word out. The, uh, the, topic, <laughs> the current topic notwithstanding, <laughs> uh, we might lose more. But we're, uh, we're always going to focus on trying our best to preserve the truth and, and present the truth every way we can. It is our hope that we wake people up. And if you mm-hmm. become a subscriber, you're, you're helping us do that. We're our, nobody makes money on a podcast unless maybe you're Joe Rogan or someone, oh, yeah, someone high-end like that. A million downloads. Exactly. Yeah. But our... our Aim and hope is always that the podcast can be self-funding so that we can uh, pay for this without taking it out of our own pockets. You know, the Bible says you don't muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Mm -hmm. So nobody's doing this to to gain any riches, but there are expenses. And so everybody that does subscribe, we thank you for that because you help us cover those expenses. But more importantly, we're going to do our best to give you the additional content 
the bonus content. Yeah. And so for those of you that um, are not aware, make sure that you're linking your subscription account to our website, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com, so that you can take advantage of all the bonus content, our newsletters we do mm-hmm. every month. We feature videos, uh, special videos on the patio series. We provide you a newsletter. Mm-hmm. I write articles. We list, we list your questions sometimes uh, that you write in. We have a members forum where you can have mm-hmm. discussions with other members and ask for prayer requests and things like that. And, of course, you get the full episode of our guest interviews. And yeah. um, those of you that missed it, uh, make sure if you didn't see it already, check out the interview we did with Brad Davis. It's a little bit different good. departure from the more serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we got to you got to hear my lovely wife, Sandy, our producer, sing. Uh-huh. And uh, along with Brad and I, stumbling and bumbling our best to try to <laughs> <laughs> remember the lyrics and the chords of the songs that we wrote so many years ago. Yeah. But we had a great time. It was a great episode. Yeah. And more importantly, it was great to hear Brad play guitar because he's so amazing. Uh, he just, you know, I have to I have to go practice the songs that I wrote because I don't remember how to play them. Brad just jumps in and he just plays anything and it sounds mm-hmm. like it fit perfectly from the beginning. Yeah. He's just that good. He's that professional. So hopefully you'll get a chance to check out his stuff. Brad does tour around the Texas area and sometimes in Nashville. Uh, he does his own thing with a trio and he also has a solo gig. So if you want to go hear some just great music and amazing guitar playing, uh, check out Brad Davis at braddavismusic.com. And uh, shout out to Brad because he's my dear buddy. But um, we want uh, folks that maybe didn't know about him to really get the benefits yeah. of enjoying his music. And then, of course, we posted all the Berea songs recently on our Unlock the Bible Now app and website, utbnow.com. So those of you that did enjoy the singing and the music, uh, we put up all the songs that we could um, on the website for you to just listen to, download, and share and you're free to do what you will with them. There's no charge for those. That's no charge to anybody. Okay. Okay, I think we covered all that. I like it. All right, good. <laughs> Let's jump into this. Let's jump in. Oh, no, there's one thing we forgot to oh, mention. No, we need to talk about Stolen Seed. Yeah, we need to talk about Karen's book and our special offer. So don't forget, uh, we have a special offer for November. We've reduced the yearly subscription rate from the normal $84 for 12 months to $77 for 12 months, which means that you get a month free. Uh, and to everyone who subscribes during the month of November, you will also receive a free copy of Karen Wilkinson's book, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. Karen has graciously announced this offer on our the live Q&A stream that we did, yeah. and she'll provide these books throughout November. So remember, the book offer is only good through November while supplies last. Uh, but the discounted rate will be applied for all new yearly subscriptions as well as future renewals of any existing subscriptions. And it's our way of saying thank you for supporting Bible Mysteries. Absolutely. We really do appreciate you. And, and I realize now that we've made this announcement three times, I worded it so poorly that uh, I should have made it clear that the special discount price of $77 for yearly subscriptions is going to be ongoing. It's not just November. But the Uh offer of Karen's book is in November. So in case the way I worded that is in any way confusing, because John read it exactly as I wrote it. (laughs) But each time I read it, I kept thinking, that that looks like it could be confusing. So if you renew your yearly, if you buy it yearly and Mm -hmm. not month to month, right, that's Mm -hmm. the deal, then you get it for $77, which means you're basically, you're paying for the year, but you're getting a month for free. Yeah. You're getting a month that's, free. And that's ongoing. And that's going to be ongoing. Not just November. Not just November, okay. right. But the book deal is for November. So everybody that does join as a premium subscriber for the yearly uh, uh, plan will definitely get Karen's book. And it is a fascinating book. It's a it's a page turner, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't say enough about it. And uh, Karen was very gracious to offer that. So thank you, Karen. And so let's dive in. Um, we've been talking about Israel. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about comparing, does the scripture actually support the idea that modern, and I'll use the term not in a negative sense, Zionist Israel, mm-hmm. because there are Jews that don't agree with that. Okay. Yeah, the Orthodox Jews, true Torah Jews are opposed to the the secular political machine or, or events that took place to create the modern nation state of Israel. Their belief and uh, intent is that we, the Jews, remain in exile till the Lord puts them back in the land. Okay. We discussed several scriptures that show how the Lord's going to do that miraculously. Yeah. Not necessarily through might of our weapons. In fact, when we talked about Israel becoming Loamai, not my people, and Hosea, he even goes on to say he will restore them. 
Uh, but at some point in that same passage, he talks about he's going to deliver them, but not by sword, not by horse, not by uh, us. And so it's not going to be an army. Hmm. It's not going to be a human army that does it. It's going to be the Lord that does hmm. it. So I think okay. all of that lends support to the idea that what we're presenting is maybe the true Israel of God, that nation Israel that will be Jewish people, yeah. okay, uh, are going to be born in travail. Uh, they're going to be brought forth from hiding where they're the hidden ones since okay. the tile. Yeah. And they're going to be go through a time of trial and tribulation. So it's called the fiery trial in the book of Peter, hmm. First Peter, and we're going to get to that here sometime today. But we think that they're in hiding. They're the treasure in the field. And maybe they're going to be revealed during the or at the beginning of the tribulation. We've discussed the idea that the two witnesses, mm-hmm. whom we think are Moses and Elijah, will appear, and the hundred and forty-four thousand will be sealed to preach and show signs and wonders and turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And I believe he means the patriarchs, okay. not their current earthly fathers. Yeah. And so then the nation goes through the time of Jacob's trouble. And we even suggested something as outlandish as could the 144,000 actually be born from the stones of the Jordan River yeah. that Joshua placed? And we discussed some things about lively stones. So today we're going to focus on the fiery trial, and we're going to start in the book of Zechariah, chapter 13. And we'll start reading in verse 8, where Zechariah writes, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And he's talking about hmm. the third of Israel. Yeah, And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. Hence the term fiery trial. Hmm. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. So everything is pointing to God not acknowledging Israel as his people again until an affliction, the tribulation, Mm -hmm. something starts that causes them to cry out to him and say, we were wrong. We make our confession. We acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah. Hmm. They turn from their transgression. They make their confession, and the Lord stops hiding his face from them. I don't believe it's happened but yet. But this is after two-thirds of them die? Well, that'll take place during yeah. the tribulation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean in one single event. Yeah. It could be yeah. throughout the time. Because we know, for example, as we've discussed things about Mystery Babylon, that that's really a type of Jerusalem. Okay apostate Jerusalem. It's probably going to be an apostate nation when the temple is rebuilt. All the Christians around are waiting for the red heifer. Let's build the start mm-hmm. sacrifices and again. They would love to see um, the Palestinians completely pushed out of East Jerusalem and the Dome of the Mosque destroyed so they could build the temple. And mm-hmm. what they don't realize is that temple is going to be defiled. It's yeah. going to be profaned by the Antichrist. It's not going to be God's temple. Um, it's going to be a, an interim thing that happens. So I think what we're hoping for and wishing for is largely due to naivete Mm -hmm. and ignorance uh, because a lot of people are going to be hurt and killed and died, and it's all because of the satanic global elites Hmm. and the dragon's agenda. So what we're hoping for and praying for, yes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but pray it gets fulfilled by God's purpose, not through men's secular activities which appears to be the entire history of the Zionist movement, yeah. right? We're not saying there aren't Jews in Israel that may well be God's chosen people, mm-hmm. but they're also all over the world. Yeah. And wherever they are, I think they're still hidden. Hmm. We don't know who they are. And it's hard, to, it's, it's hard for me to look at the actions of Neset and Mossad and the CIA, mm-hmm. knowing all these leaders are evil. And their agenda is not godly, but they're using godly people for their purpose. Yeah. So we got to be careful with that. And don't forget that Christians, Jews, and Muslims lived together peacefully in all these Muslim nations for centuries. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have... Yes, Islam progressed by the sword. Yes, they were a warfaring religion at first. Um, So did Western Christianity for a time Mm -hmm. through the Roman Catholic system. You know, think of the Spanish Inquisition. and, and so you, you can't just paint everybody with the same brush and say they're all bad. Yeah. Um, it's not true. It's just not true. I once had a man tell a woman I know, every Muslim only wants to kill you. That is the most ridiculous statement mm-hmm. I've ever heard. I worked for years alongside Iraqis and Kurds and Muslim people that were as kindly as I've ever met. Yeah. 
And if you're going to say, oh, they're permitted to lie because of Sharia law and stuff like that, there's always going to be a, a, a militant faction or group somewhere. There's, yeah. There were militant yeah. Jews called zealots back in the day. Yeah. There have been militant Christians, you know. Um, so you, you just can't paint everybody with the same brush. So anyway, back to the point here. You've got uh, Israel going to be going through a trial, and God's going to refine them. Mm -hmm. So this is prophesied to happen. It's not going to be something that occurs because God wasn't looking. You know, He's going to bring them through the fire. Hmm. Now, this is also in line with what Paul prophesied about the mystery concerning Israel, and we need to go to Romans 11 for that. So the people of God, we already know, are going to be those who turn from transgression. But in Romans 11, verse 23, Paul was talking about the olive tree. And I've done an entire uh, episode on this, too. Okay. But the olive tree represents really the standing of Israel, like the blessing of an Israel blessed by God. And when they rejected Christ, the unbelieving branches were cut off. And wild olive branches were grafted in, and they represent the Gentiles. So it kind of represents the church age. But Paul refers to the branches that were cut off. They were cut off because of unbelief. So it's Israel in unbelief. Okay. Okay. And he says in verse 23, and they also, those cut off branches, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. So that's already telling me that God plans to do this. Hmm. Well, how's he going to graft them back into their tree? Well, after the the unnatural branches are cut off again. Mm -hmm. So I think the Gentile church is going to be cut off. Hmm. All right. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, Gentiles, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, the blessings of Israel, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, the unbelieving Jews, be grafted into their own olive tree? Because olive tree represents oil, olive oil, blessing, anointing. Yeah. Okay? okay. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, which I think the church is today. Wise in their own conceits, especially mm-hmm. replacement theology. Yeah, We were better. God grafted us in because we were better than Israel. We're yeah. the new Israel. Yeah. Well, that would turn on its face every prophecy God ever made about restoring Israel. Hmm. Right? So they're wise in their own conceits. And Paul says, here's the mystery, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, and I shall take away their sins. Now, you've got people such as like a John Hagee who teaches all Israel means every Jew. So he thinks America should bless the nation Israel and bless every Jew. Mm-hmm. But there's Jews in unbelief. We know two-thirds aren't going to go in. Yeah. So all Israel shall be saved is as it is written, not genetically Jewish. Yeah. But as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, Christ, the cornerstone, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And here Paul is citing Isaiah 59, which we read last week, where it's worded, those that turn from transgression in Jacob. Mm -hmm. And we discussed what is the transgression, and it was the rejection Mm -hmm. of Messiah. So they shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. And I think... When he says, Zion the Deliverer shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, one of the ways in which he's going to do that is through the signs and wonders of the two witnesses Hmm, and through the preaching of the 144,000 who might just be carved out of stone, (laughs) you know, taken from the stones. As we talked about last week. And, And he says, that's my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. National Israel has a future atonement, has a day of atonement according to Jeremiah 31. So it's not happening right now. Therefore, God's not dealing with them as a people. He's still hiding his face from them, awaiting that confession. Okay. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 Peter, because I mentioned that already about the fiery trial. And here we read in in chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And as many Christians often do, they want to take every verse of Scripture and apply it to themselves in the church age. But this has an application to Israel. Specifically, we saw last week, Peter writes to 
the holy nation, the royal priesthood, the mm-hmm. lively stones, yeah. the peculiar people. So it's not the church. They're part of the church, but they're yeah. the Israeli people that do believe as a result of making their confession through some affliction. Through, through this fiery trial. And so that's why he writes to the he writes to the new nation, the spiritual priesthood. They are going to go through a fiery trial as God separates them from the tares. They're hmm. the wheat. Yeah. And the tares among the wheat. I don't think that's just false brethren today. Those aren't the tares. That's how it's taught in church. Yeah. But the tares among the wheat are probably the synagogue of Satan. Those who say they're Jews and are not, but do yeah. lie. And they might be Nephilim possessed like the Pharisees were yeah. when Jesus called them vipers. Yeah. Yeah. Now, go to chapter 1 of First Peter, same book, and he says in verse 3, Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And before I continue, Peter uses the term begotten us again unto a lively hope. And we've talked about lively stones. Mm-hmm. There's a lively hope, a living hope. And begotten again is another reference to the same term we use, born again. And as we saw uh, last week when we discussed Ezekiel 37, uh, born again is born again from the dead. Yeah. So we apply it just as Peter does now in a spiritual way, as in like, I'm born again believer, but we haven't yet physically died. Our actual born again is going to be the rapture, mm-hmm. should the Lord tarry. Or should he not tarry, we die. And then the rapture, and we go up. Now Peter continues, wherein you greatly rejoice in the salvation they have. Though now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, I will try them as silver is refined, Mm -hmm. being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. That's how you... That's how you purify metal, isn't it? Yeah. Fire. Even our works are going to be tried by fire at the judgment seat of Christ. And Paul said, whether it's gold, silver, precious stones... Isn't it funny how stones keep coming yeah. up and everything? Yeah. All the analogy there. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And that's another passage right there that proves that this The scripture is not directed to the church Hmm. because we have already been saved and we are delivered from the wrath to come. The tribulation saints must endure the trial of their faith to be saved, Hmm. which is what Christ said when he wrote or when he spoke and said, they that endure to the end shall be saved. Enduring to the end of the fiery trial. We have no trial to endure. We go through trials and tribulations in our lives, but our salvation, our faith is not on trial, you know, because you're already saved and sealed. We we have it easy compared to these folks. Compared to these folks, which is why it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. They're going to be sifted. They're going to be tried by the Lord to see whether or not they will endure to the end or take the mark of the beast. Hmm. The ones that fall away are the tares. And they take the mark and they'll try to mislead others. Yeah. They're going to be the ones that are... They're among the believers. They're planted like tares among the wheat by the enemy. Hmm. And their aim is, I, I think they're the, the ones that Jude and Second Peter talks about that are wandering stars, mm-hmm. uh, darkness, uh, clouds are without water, and he calls them beasts. Yeah. I think they're Nephilim hybrids. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to be part of whatever is claiming to be the Jewish believer community at the time. And later on, John writes and says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. And he calls them antichrists. Yeah. Well, they've taken the mark, right? So They They will. I think when they go out, that's what shows that they are antichrists. They take the mark. Yeah. So they become transhuman. Yeah. Hmm. So it looks like to me, if I had to put a time frame on it, the rapture occurs. Somehow, somehow there's going to be an attack on... 
the people of Israel somewhere, and it may not just be in one land. Yeah, it, yeah. it may be globally, and then God's going to deliver them somehow hmm. and bring them into the land, and then perhaps Gog and Magog will attack, and God will deliver them mightily in the land, and they will know from that point forward that He is their God and. They are his people again. Mm -hmm. The two witnesses appear. The 144,000 rise up somehow. Yeah. And they begin to preach. And here's something that I almost dare not say, but I'm going to throw it out there because it's a possibility since we're talking about possibilities. Okay. Have you ever studied much about Gog and Magog in uh, Ezekiel 39? I mean, I'm very familiar with it, but I haven't studied it. Well, we've had Ryan Peterson on a number of times, and he's mm-hmm. got an idea that helped me so much understand it better. So thank you, Ryan, uh, for giving me this light. But it, it always confused me because chapter 38 seems to be a second battle of the same nation or group. Okay. And it's the one that happens at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, and we discussed that yeah. in that series. But chapter 39, which comes after, seems to be a battle that precipitates the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ before the thousand-year reign begins. Okay. And so it's it talks about the nations that are involved and they come from the north parts and things like that. And most of Christianity wants to say it's Russia. Everything's Russia. They blame Russia for everything. Yeah. yeah. And it might be. I don't know. Could. It, it could also have more to do with um, Kazaria, which is not an empire anymore, but it was in a similar region. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. Uh, Part Ukraine, part Mm -hmm. Russia, north of the Caucasus. But what if Gog and Magog that came from the north parts, which are the the descendants of Yatheth, the third son of Noah, or the oldest son of Noah, and therefore they're not Semitic people originally. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've got Shem, Ham, and Japheth, to be a Semite is to be from Shem. Okay. You know, uh, Ham, the Hamites, Japheth, the Japhethites, or mm-hmm. Japheth. So traditionally, the Caucasian people would be associated with Japheth. They went up after the Ark settled, Noah's Ark, uh-huh. through Turkey in the mountains. So the Turkic people are Caucasian. Some of the, uh, Azerbaijan and the Caucasus regions, Armenia, part of Iran, those are all Caucasian people. Okay. They went over to India. They went up into Europe, the Germanic tribes, Franks, you know, and now mm-hmm. we know them as... British, French, German, Polish, whatever. All of whom modern Jewry have their genealogy through. Okay. You know, when Israel was destroyed in 69 or 78, they were scattered all over the world. Yeah. So Jews went through Europe and things like that. What if the invasion of Gog and Magog is the Zionist? That's going to light every... Thing up, you know, when I say that. And I don't, I'm not saying I believe that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who Gog and Magog is. But what if it wasn't just one big army that came in and invaded like a Russian assault on Israel? What if it's been this whole, whole slow process of the Zionist state of Israel being formed, taking from the true Israel, you know, yeah. the, the land, and, and you came to take a spoil, you came to take a prey? You know, that's just a thought. Wow. It's just a thought that nobody ever discusses. And I don't know that that is... I had always heard that it was like Russia and China. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to turn thee back and leave a sixth part of thee. And I'm getting off the subject here, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it it just seems to me that there's more than one possibility of God and may God. And I don't know and wouldn't preach that it is absolutely the case here. But I know that there's somebody somewhere in the book of Revelation that is going to be called the synagogue of Satan. And they, they, it says that they claim they're Jews, that they're not. I think we're going to look at that in just a minute. Wow. Okay. And so we'll see. I don't know who they are, and I'm not blaming Zionism for that. Yeah. And I'm not blaming any Jew for that. But somebody is of the synagogue of Satan. And for all we know, it could be the satanic global elites. Yeah. You know. Hmm. So... Um, 
The believers must endure to the end to be saved. They must not take the mark of the beast, these Jewish tribulation saints, because they have to prove they're God's people and that they're born of God. The ones that fall away take the mark and they show they're not born of God. Now, they live in the time of a group that is called the the, uh, synagogue of Satan in Revelation 2, verse 9. It says, and he's speaking to one of those seven churches there. He says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So the, the definition of synagogue of Satan is them which say they are Jews and are not. Hmm. So it's more than likely going to be nobody that's around just yet, but going to be somebody that, like the tares among the wheat. You yeah. know, it's going to be those that claim to be a part of this Jewish group of believers uh, and, and in fact are probably Nephilim hybrids. Okay. You know, but... It, it could also be said of maybe secular Jews that aren't keeping the faith, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and and true Torah Jews and Orthodox Jews would have a contention with them because their mm-hmm. belief is that the political Zionist people they they're genetically Jewish, but the true Torah Jews say Ju- Judaism is a religion, you yeah. know, it's yeah. it's not just genetics, it's it's a, what we believe and we believe the Torah and they don't. They're secular in their beliefs, and many of them are atheistic. Hmm. So they could make that claim, too, with more credibility than I could. Because yeah. I have no qualm with Zionists or Orthodox Jews, you know. My desire is that they all get saved. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them all to go out in the rapture, and never mind who's going to ultimately be the people of God. But I've got people asking me, who is this Israel? Who are the Israel? I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that they could come... From 144,000 that are raised from stones is just as plausible as saying somebody somewhere can trace their genetics back to the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Asher. So, yeah, we don't know. So anyway, he says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So the point is, he mentions to that group, the synagogue of Satan, and then he says it again. Hmm. To another church in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. So you've got some people hmm. claiming to be Jews that are liars, and you've got some people that are truly God's Israel. Yeah. That God loves. And he and he's going to restore them, and they will be the nation that will be joined by the ones that come up out of the graves in Ezekiel 37. Hmm. And by the way, I'm well aware that there's another portion of Ezekiel 37 that talks about the two sticks coming together, and God's going to bring them together in in one land and all. But that's still not the fulfillment of prophecy in 1948. You know, we hmm. could go break that down too, yeah. and we can see like we did with the, the bones. You know, but before we get to any of that, let's go to Romans chapter nine. And I think clearly being born Jewish is not the criteria for God's Israel. Yeah. So I would be in agreement with the true Torah Jews that place their emphasis on Jews, Jew, Judaism being a religion. Yeah. And not just saying, I can genetically trace my lineage back to Ashkenazi Jews or Sephardic Jews or mm-hmm. whatever. Because John the Baptist almost said as much when he was talking about the stones in Jordan. Don't yeah. say we have Abraham to be our father. When God is able of these stones to raise up children, mm-hmm. so I don't think genetics was the defining factor there. Uh, it, it just it just proves that God looks on the children of promise as his, Israel, not not the genetics necessarily. Because in Romans nine verse seven, Paul said, "Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called." That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. So remember, Abraham's wife Sarah gave birth to Isaac, but he also had a concubine or her handmaiden, um, Hagar, Hagar, right, yeah. that gave birth to Ishmael. Yeah. Well, he's the seed of Abraham too. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, the Islamic people have always traditionally associated themselves with Ishmael. Mm-hmm. And they claim that because Abraham is the common father of the Jews and the is uh, the Muslims that they don't view, or the Arabs I should say yeah they don't view a warring faction between Jews and Arabs or Jews and Muslims they lived with them and and got along with them for centuries yeah. their problem was not with the Jew their problem was with the state of Israel 
That's why they make these statements, wipe them off the face of the earth and yeah. remove them from the map and things like that. Horrible things to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm not telling you I want that to happen. I'm just simply saying that it's always interpreted by people as they want to exterminate all the Jews. And yes, Jews have been persecuted all over the world. Yeah. Absolutely. But not just by Muslims. Mm-hmm. They've been persecuted by Christians mm-hmm. and other groups. Yeah. So you can't just lump everything together. That's that broad brush that the satanic elites so want us to paint everything. You're saying with. when they say do away with the nation of Israel, they're talking about the borders, the land, yeah. not the, the people. The Zionist nation yeah. Israel. Yeah. Right. Not the not the people. No. Not wipe the people out. Get rid of this these borders. Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Huh. But by extension, hating a nation of Zionist Jewish people that calls himself Israel would certainly foment more persecution of Jews around the world. Yeah. Because if every time Israel does something that Islamic people don't like to Palestinians or whomever, they might, by association, incorporate the Jews into that. And that's what the true Torah Jews are saying. It's like, we shouldn't be there to foment more attacks on the Jewish people. Yeah. God is preserving us in exile, not through the formation of a nation state. Hmm. He's going to come back. They say the Lord will come back when Messiah returns. And they obviously don't acknowledge Jesus yeah. as Messiah, but they believe he's yet to come. And they say when he comes, he will bring us out of exile. Hmm. Till then, we have no business being there. And that's their honest assessment of the situation. That's not me saying it. That is yeah. Jews saying this. And like I said, many, many rabbis were against the formation of the state of hmm. Israel when it was going through its birth pangs, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Now, Romans chapter 2 is interesting because Paul was speaking to Gentiles at Rome. Okay. But they were proselytes. They had gotten circumcised and became Jews. Okay. So they were not genetically Jews, but mm-hmm. they converted to religion. And even that act of circumcision does not make you a Jew. And Paul says so in Romans 2.28. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, he's talking about the law of Moses, Mm -hmm. thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. And the minute you break the law, you become uncircumcised in heart. Okay. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, meaning a Gentile that's not circumcised, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Meaning Gentiles that are saved right now by grace through faith through Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. You know, we're not keeping the law, but we're keeping the law of Christ mm-hmm. by believing on him. And Paul says that we're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. So flesh isn't involved. It's a spiritual thing. Yeah. And so he's not saying here if a Gentile believes he becomes a Jew, and many interpret it that way. Many think we're the new priesthood. We're the Jews. The Gentile church is the Jews. That's not what mm-hmm. he's saying. He goes on, um, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. And Paul's making a point here. He's using a symbolism to show that it's the circumcision of the heart that identifies a believer, mm-hmm. yeah. a person. Calling them a Jew doesn't make them a spiritual Jew. We're not mm-hmm. spiritual Jews because in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Yeah. You can only be physically Jew or Gentile, male mm-hmm. and female, bond and free. In Christ there's neither. So the point is don't claim genetics or the ritual of circumcision makes you a Jew. Okay. It's not what does it. What makes you a Jew is something in the heart. Yeah. God looks on the heart, and he's looking for the heart confession of Israel. Hmm. They need to turn from transgression. That's, what, that's going to be a future thing, but that's what's going to happen. Now, clearly, we are physically male and female, like uh-huh. I said. But in Galatians 3, we read in verse 26, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So now we're moving beyond just being a Jew. Yeah. We're talking about Christians. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And we got baptized the moment we believed. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And he says, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. 
for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Well, we just mentioned physically we're male and female. Yeah. So he can't be talking about physicality there. We're not talking about genetics of Jew and Greek. We're talking about spiritually. Hmm. Genetically, there is Jew and Greek. There's Jew and Gentile. Yeah. So God is able, like I said, to raise up of these stones children unto Abraham if he needs genetic Jews. Hmm. And I believe they'll be able to trace their lineage, the 12,000, to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. If God so chooses to do so. Like I said, it may be that when Joshua had each of the leaders of Israel take a stone out of Jordan, when they touched it, they transferred as pure tribal genetic DNA as yeah. you can get from the time, right? So maybe that's where they're going to come from, and that's how they're able to be identified. Because as we've discussed, and as many people are asking me, where are you going to find a Jew today that can say, I'm from this tribe without any mixture yeah. of anything else, you know? Practically impossible, right? But nothing's impossible with God. No? Yeah. Right. So obviously he could do that if he wants hmm. to. So I'm not telling you it is absolutely going to be that way. But what an interesting statement to make. God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. And Christ said in Luke 19, if these should hold their peace, the stones would cry out yeah. that he's Messiah. So at some point, I think some stones are going to cry out and claim that Jesus is Messiah. They're going to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. They're going to turn from transgression and make their confession to God. And they also are going to be in Christ hmm. and be associated with Abraham's seed here, just as we are. And if you be Christ, Paul continues, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what that boils down to is this, John. We are children of Abraham by faith, not genetics. Yeah. We became children of Abraham through Christ because Christ is the seed of Abraham by whom the promise would be fulfilled, mm -hmm. Galatians 3. And uh, we didn't read those passages, but what's really interesting here is what is the promise that Abraham looks for of which we are heirs? What is he looking for that we're going to inherit? And we've talked about it before. I don't expect you to remember, but if it comes yeah. to your mind. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> That's, <all. laughs> That's why I'm staring at you yeah. blankly. <laughs> well, it's the city. Okay. Which is New Jerusalem. Yeah. Zion. The hmm. real Zion. Right? So interestingly enough, when Christ said, in my Father's house are many mansions, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. And where I go, you'll be with me also. Well, that's the city Abraham looked for. So mm. we're heirs of the same promise. There's an entire group of believers that think that the church replaced Israel and they're no more, which is in violation of Scripture. There's an entire group of believers that think that we, the church, are separate from Israel and that we inherit the third heaven and they inherit the earth and we have nothing to do with the new Jerusalem. Hmm. And that's kind of the group that you and I yeah. were familiar with growing up. That's where all the church goes. Yeah. Israel, like we saw, is going to be restored as a nation. When they turn back to God, he's going to deliver them through a mighty hand, but he's also going to bring them through the fire hmm. and wow. try them to separate the tares from the wheat. And then the Lord comes back, establishes his throne, separates the nations, and rules for a thousand years. At the end of that time, the final insurrection takes place, the last Gog and Magog battle, mm -hmm. and that's when the devil is destroyed and thrown in the lake of fire and all the rest of the enemies of God. Then we see the new heaven and which the new is, earth. Which is after he's been loosed for a Little time. season, yeah. Yeah, for Little a season. season. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably just long enough to gather an army, you know, mm -hmm. which, which attacks, as we discussed, we think maybe at the Feast of Tabernacles okay. in Jerusalem. And then when the new heaven and the new earth are formed, the heavenly city comes down. And that is where Paul writes when he says, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he shall gather together in one all things in Christ, mm -hmm. both in heaven and in earth. That's where all God's people will so be. So the new city comes down after the thousand-year yes. reign? Yes. Okay, I thought it came down at the beginning. No. no. Mm -hmm. And you can read about that in Revelation, Revelation 12? 21. 21, okay. Yeah, the last, the last two chapters describe the, the city yeah. and the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty incredible when you read about it. Yeah. Streets of gold. It's like 1,200 miles square. 12,000 miles, miles square. Cubic miles. Yeah. yeah. That's a big yeah. city. It's actually, okay, that's wrong. It's uh, 12,000 furlongs, which is 1,500 cubic miles, I believe. 
A furlong is 1,500 cubic? A furlong is, I don't remember how much, but 12,000 furlongs equates to 1,500 miles. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you said miles, and it threw me off for a moment, but I knew what you meant. 12,000 furlongs. And uh, so, yeah, so imagine, like I said, a city the size of half the continental U.S. Yeah. Okay. I found this on the web for the size of half the time. Check it out. <laughs> Somehow Siri thinks I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so 1,500 cubic miles. So that's as wide as and, and deep as it is tall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big, big city. That's why we kind of speculate it could be like a, a, a satellite in orbit over the Earth. Hmm. It doesn't have to be, but it could be. Yeah. And that city is where all the saints will dwell. All of us. Mm-hmm. But also on the earth, too, because the earth continues forever. And then there'll be nations. Yeah, so it's almost like it's a home. Mm-hmm. And then you can travel all around yeah. the world. In the potential, potential, p- Potentially the universe. You could travel to and fro, to and fro, to and from that city. I suspect. Into and this, the universe, yeah, to other planets? I suspect, and this is just pure speculation, uh-huh. because you think about vast the universe is. Mm-hmm. Now, in the new heaven and the new earth, maybe time is not an issue, and maybe the laws of physics are different, but I don't believe so. Okay. Because they're going to keep time. They're still going to reckon it by the sun and the moon, you know, because the mm-hmm. sun and the moon exist forever. And so when you consider how vast the universe is, how could we possibly travel from one solar system to another? Without, because you, you, even at the speed of light, it would take hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years yeah. to travel to galaxies and things like that. So if, if all that is true and these distances are true, and I have no reason to doubt it, then what if the New Jerusalem also is a transporter portal mm-hmm. of like wormholes that intersect all of God's creation? Yeah. And uh, what if we actually are going to go ye therefore and uh, inhabit? I mean, we're going to live forever. The kingdom of God is forever. So you would think in a billion years, which is just a drop in the bucket of eternity. Mm -hmm. I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, so you're breaking my brain right now. Wouldn't one very large planet be overpopulated in a billion years? Oh, absolutely. Well before that. No one's dying. No one's dying. There is no death. Yeah. So I suspect we are going to go. It says that the increase of his government, there shall be no end in Isaiah 9. So I think they may have something to do with a far greater eternal inheritance than we can imagine. And the, awesome. city, the city's like the, <laughs> hub, the connecting hub yeah. of millions of galaxies. Yeah. I, I mean, just it blows my mind. Yeah. You know? And so all of it. To be to the praise and the glory and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. How could you not want to be part of that? I, I mean, right? Jew or Gentile, Buddhist or Islamist. This, know, there's no promise like this to anyone. So many, else. so many people don't. Even Christians don't even realize the scope of what we're talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, you know. And I think it's funny because my wife and I were in church last Sunday, and I think he mentioned something. Our pastor mentioned something about. Church being like you had to go to church service for the rest of your life. And yeah. It was like, and I used to think that when I was young, right? Oh man, if, this, if heaven is like I got to go sit through church for the rest of forever, I don't want to do that. I, I <laughs> think Satan had a hand in that of that lie. Yeah, but of, it's so much greater than that, right? We're talking about a city where you yeah. can travel throughout all creation. I, I think for an endless amount of time and do who knows what kind of work. Well, we already know that ancient civilizations on this earth had more advanced technology than they're admitting, mm-hmm. than, than the current archaeologists yep. admit. So clearly there's more to it than meets the eye. And um, I, I think we're going to see, I, I mean, imagine what we're going to develop with God's wisdom yeah. to uh, honor and glorify him. Mm-hmm. What we can create, what we can uh, discover uh, and produce it's just going to be unimaginable because God never intended for death to be the part of the human experience. Yeah, We were always supposed to live forever, but, but Adam chose to mm-hmm. rebel against God. And, and it, it put a wrinkle in the entire ancient battle between the warring factions of God's kingdom and the dragon's empire. Mm-hmm. So it'll finally come to an end. And with nothing but peace and joy and righteousness, 
it'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. So we are Gentiles in Christ, and we are the seed of Abraham and heirs to that city that was promised. It doesn't make us Israel or Jews. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's physical. In, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. But it makes us part of God's family, mm -hmm. along with Israel, the nation, and Christ's church, and citizens of this kingdom, which, as we just discussed, has no end. Yeah. The kingdom of God. But God's true Israel today remains hidden in the world, in my opinion. And I think Christians should be very careful to associate the people of God with a secular nation state that is led by the satanic global elites just like any other nation. But a, a nation at some time is going to be born in the future, and it might be sooner than we think. Hmm. So we would encourage any of you within the sound of my voice in this podcast, Jew or Gentile, Islamist or Taoist or Hindu, that there's not much time left. Yeah. And the Bible says there's no other name under heaven whereby men might be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. So we encourage all of you to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior before it's too late, because then there'll be a time of trouble the world has never seen before yeah. and will never see again. And I, quite frankly, would encourage anybody that's Jewish, why would you want to go through the time of Jacob's trouble and, you know, go through the fiery trial of your faith when you can trust him right now and be a part of the deliverance from wrath to come and still have access to the same inheritance, yeah. you know, because this offer will not be concluded <laughs> any longer. It's yeah. act, or act now. Operators are standing by. <laughs> anyway, John, thank you. Yeah. The last couple of weeks were great. Very eye-opening. Well, I hope so. And I hope it gives people reason to think. And if nothing else, I hope it provokes you to study more. Uh, even if you disagree, and, and we're not saying we absolutely know these things are 100% to be true, but we're saying we want you to consider that there may be one way to, more than one way to look at these things, especially yeah. when we know media propaganda is so prevalent to obscure the truth. Yeah. So we appreciate you tuning in. Till next time, don't forget to look up for Our Redemption Draws Near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.